1: Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, a positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyers Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined in Fakatani by Mawira Karatai. Akira Mawira. Kia ora, Sam. How
0: goes it?
1: It's going very well. How's level two treating you?
0: Um, we haven't good, said that uh, for a you... while. I know, it's so weird. Um, it is good and a trip to Bunnings today to grab some more seedlings for the veggie garden a little bit early, but just in case. So I'm going to plant some tomatoes and some capsicums and things just a tiny bit early and put a cover over before the frosts get them.
1: And who are you introducing today?
0: Um, we today are introducing Kelly to from Otago Polytech. Uh, Kelly has uh, just recently completed her PhD in Peace Studies, um, Indigenous Peace Studies. Uh, she, her work is beautiful, and I really encourage others to Google her and, um, and find some of her writing. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to talk about that today. So welcome, Kelly. It's a real pleasure and a privilege to have you here with us.
2: Kia Thanks, Kurua. It's lovely to be here with you both. Welcome, Kelly. So where are you, Kelly? I'm in Wanaka. I'm sitting, um, this is where I grew up. It used to be a horse paddock. Now it's home to um, probably a thousand houses. So um, yeah, this is where I grew up. Uh, I used to ride my Palomino stallion around these paddocks. So I'm not sitting in the paddock. I'm now sitting in a fuddy in that space.
1: So how was your lockdown, the first one?
2: Mm-mm. I loved it. Yeah, it wasn't so good that I had to work because everyone else in the in my house with me played, um, had a holiday and relaxed and did things like running and tennis and swimming and, yeah, had a good old time. But, um, yeah, I loved having my family locked in around me. No, limited distractions. They couldn't get away.
1: <laughs> and you had quite a lot of good weather. Well, we all had quite a lot of good weather, But you seem to spend lockdown sitting outside in blue skies talking to us around the country.
2: I did. That's mainly because um, we've only got one living space. And when I wanted to um, do Zoom hui or Skype hui, I needed my own space. So I sat out in a a rocking chair out in the sun. Uh, Yeah, we had beautiful weather over that time. It was great. And now we're properly into winter. Yes, yes. So we're having sunny days at the moment. Um, down to zero degrees overnight. So not so not so much fun when the sun goes down. Yeah.
1: Are you a ski bum?
2: Uh, I am. I am. I'd really like to say that I'm a boarding bunny. I really. I've got my snowboard over in the corner, um, and I'm yet to to get onto that and and learn how to snowboard. So that's my. Aim if we get any good snow for the rest of winter. Let's
1: go straight to the first of your music choices. Okay. So let's take the first of your music selections. Let's have Ua Marama quay Why this one?
2: Because um, my ex partner wrote it. I don't like saying ex partner, but we're not currently together. So it's someone that I love very much. And um, he wrote it um with his partner in mind at the time and she passed away so it's it's um yeah it's a song straight from the heart
1: Through your work, you're connected to lots of communities around the country. What's the feeling out there from your perspective?
2: Um, well, people are really concerned about work, employment, um, and, and then how are we going to retrain our people as well. So that's kind of hot on the list. Um, and, yeah, it's hard for whānau at the moment, um, and, you know, if we have a further lockdown, um, people are concerned about that, how that will be, um, especially for our elderly. And I've got an an uncle that's in hospital at the moment. Um, so it's hard to get to see our loved ones during potential lockdown or what's, what's looming.
1: Have you seen any good community initiatives?
2: Um, I think that... All communities are responsive to their own community. Um, I liked how Kaitahu responded um, with care packs, um, and also Kai. Um, and I also support iwi with their protecting their borders and um, protecting their Fakapapa. So yeah, I think I think they're doing a great job. I'm not sure if communication was quick with Ewe when. From the government perspective, I think Iwi might have been last to be triggered to, for those conversations. But, um, yeah, I think they're doing the best for their people with the resources that they have.
1: It's going to be a challenge for Kaitahu and, in fact, all of the Iwi to maintain their social spending.
2: Um, I mean, social spending or do you mean whole order or health and well-being? Um, well, I mean the,
1: I mean that they're heavily invested in things like tourism. And presumably the the point of that is not just to be invested in tourism but to, to raise money to spend on people.
2: Yeah, we are seeing that trickle down effect and unfortunately Naitahu with the tourism um that they're heavily involved in had to make several people more than several people, I won't say the number, redundant. So, you know, that's a really concerning time for Farno, for and we are seeing the number of scholarships and um, I guess social investment, um, investment in education being reduced as a result of um, that stream of income being cut off yeah,
3: tough Is times
1: go- Is that going to change the the role of people who are doing the, 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 the caring for the people? I, I know that through um, the cohorts of people that you have enrolled in in various programs that they are people who are in the community doing work is their work changing
2: um well when when you're in a crisis response of course everything is escalated so we did see that we saw people um unable to engage with Things like their studies, because they were out on the front line, um, engaging with their community. So, yep, it changes, um, and I guess it will fluctuate as as um our levels go up and down too.
1: The levels will go up and down. How do you think it's going to play out? We'll write it down and tell the tell the prime minister.
2: Okay, <laughs> it's not going to go away. I mean I just think this is our new normal Our new normal is We're going to have to deal with pandemics um, More frequently um, And because as we know the virus Changes so Yeah it's it's a different Ever changing world and it's just Ramped up um, at the moment
1: Do you think that we're looking for a Is it a recovery that we're going for? Or, or is this an opportunity to do something different?
2: Um, well, it's always hard to say it's an opportunity to do something different when you've got people are losing their lives and people are losing their loved ones. Um, maybe it is going back to doing things as we used to. You know, it used to be that we, the, our children just played with the the whānau in the street, um, and for a holiday we might pack up the kids and go to Wakatipu or Tiano or something local, you know, whereas we've become real so social global globetrotters lately. So I think how we do how we live is, is is changing. And yeah, I can see it kind of going back to the to the old ways, how we used to live.
1: You're talking about the, the huge growth that Wanaka has been through. Was there a time during the lockdown where it was a bit of a this is what Wanaka used to be like it's just some local families
2: yeah it's definitely like that and just before lockdown um we went down to Pio Pio Tahi down to Milford Sound um and the international tourists weren't coming through so it was very step back in time 40 years ago um it was quite weird um, and especially not seeing so many people in the town and on the road. So yeah, it kind of almost felt like turning back the clock.
1: Did you have in one of those moments of thinking, this is quite nice. Let's just keep doing this.
2: Absolutely. I think everyone over COVID lockdown thought that, had times it was it just kind of kept the world at bay. and you just focused on the day that you had in front of you and the loved ones in around you, but also reaching out to those um, that we could. So yeah, it, it kind of sharpened your focus on what's important in life. I'm sure everyone felt that.
1: But however good it was for that part of it, as soon as we were allowed, we all went back to rushing about. What was that about?
2: I actually think that um, if you talk to many of our staff over lockdown, it was, we we were busy over lockdown as well, um, as busy as we were prior to lockdown. And that kind of has just continued because, you know, things are changing in the polytechnics um, sector. So yeah, it's, it's, I think that you know we're we're good at looking after other people, but sometimes we're not very good at looking after ourselves and our, our colleagues. Or or doing a bit of pushback at the moment. I think, you know, people are feeling pretty stretched still.
1: So, what are you filling your time with now that the PhD's done?
2: <laughs> um, what am I filling? Just kind of involved with whānau, hapū and iwi um, issues. Um, Yeah, my uncle's unwell, so I've been supporting the whānau there. Um, Things have been a little bit less pressured, so I'm skiing in the weekends, um, going for longer walks, getting back to seeing my friends and my mates, so that's, that's really enjoyable. So that's been parked since 2013, so I'm really enjoying a bit more social time.
1: So can you give us the Reader's Digest version of the thesis?
2: Um, so it's looking at Indigenous peace traditions. And so I wrote, um, I did a these, publications within thesis. So there's three publications in there, um, written about Waitaha, which is my iwi. We come from Hotu, the first person to um, land in in Wakatū, Nelson, around 850 AD. So I've got three chapters in there on, on my iwi, and I've got one collaborative chapter with Maui Solomon from Kohu, Moriori, Chatham Islands, and Mata Wharihoka from Parihaka, and also with my supervisor, Dr Heather Devere from National Centre of Peace and Conflict. So um, there's one historical piece, there's two contemporary pieces, and the collaborative part looks at what's happened in our um, peace circles in the past, and then our vision for the future and how we're regenerating our peace traditions within our whānau and hapū and iwi.
1: So what impact have Indigenous peace traditions had?
2: Ah, oh, that's a big question. I think that we, because we have a history of peacekeeping and maintaining peace, so Waitaha, there's no um, artefacts from our period of occupation in the South Island. Um, so as I said, that's from 850 AD um, through until when Kāti Māmoi came around 1500. Um, Moriori people, uh, they took a covenant about 700 years ago, I think it was, um, not to um, engage in violence, so we have very old historic peace histories. We would say that ours are ancient um, peace histories and we have an ancient covenant that we abide by. Um, And then uh, we've got Parihaka, um, and so as you know, the, the 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 home of passive resistance. My ancestor Tamaharoa was also a prophet in the South Island and he led a passive resistance Heki up the um, valley of the Waitaki River. And then we can reach out and branch over to India um, where Mahatma Gandhi was reading about and hearing about parihaka. So he studied some of the writings of tohu, um Kakahi and Rungomai. and so we've got that link link to passive resistance in India and then from there there's a link with passive resistance in the um, black lives movement in uh, North America with Martin Luther King. so I think we've got a a really proud, strong um, very important history of indigenous peace um Peace traditions in Aotearoa.
0: Bubble sprite of the forest of Auricanoe, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie.
4: Kia ora koutou, no mihi aroha noi kia koutou I hope you're all having the nice day, beautiful superstar and your beloved races. And I really hope that wherever you are around here, This journey that we're all on to is proving to be rewarding, very fulfilling and illuminating for you more and more each day, who you are, nature's perfect, unique and here, making things better. Thank you. So we find ourselves together again in level two, and of course, this was announced last night, took effect at midday today, and is scheduled to last at least for the next three days here in the South Island up in Auckland uh, we are in level three again so a very unsettling turn of events and I really hope that for all of you you're getting a lot of support from the world around you getting a lot of emotional support and practical support in terms of any logistics that may change for you. So for me obviously I have just come out of hospital so i'm really being encouraged to stay at home and tomorrow is my birthday so i had planned all these very exciting things spending time with dear friends and talking with some amazing people about a new tv show that we might do together and all sort of thing but all these things are on hold so that i can be very safe and rest and recuperate in the best way so I'm sure for all of us, we are experiencing delays and we are experiencing postponements, reschedules, cancelling, changes of plan. And luckily, we have been through all this before together. And luckily, we have a series of really, really helpful guidelines and so that we know what to do and to stay safe. I think for all of us, you know, we have been so lucky that our first experience with COVID was so short and we moved through lockdown level three level two uh, back into level one so quickly compared to the rest of the world most of which is still in lockdown and in this way we were lulled in a way to feel that everything had gone back to normal and unfortunately this is an ongoing process however i do feel that that previous experience will serve us well and we have a renewed sense of what we value what we love because we've had this time in level one so we know what we're doing this for and of course the more that we do all contribute our skills and work together as a dream team the more we are contributing to the knowledge worldwide in terms of the best strategies for getting through And as a species of animal, of course, we excel at this very process, learning from what has already taken place and remembering what has worked well, which skills have served us best. And we can obviously contribute those skills now, but also we can learn new skills and inspire each other in new ways. So I really hope that for all of you, you're having the opportunity to See how your unique skills can come to the fore at this time, and you're also getting a lot of love and support from those around you. And I hope that at this time you're also able to take a wee step back and reconnect with that sense of love and support that is coming your way from that infinite web which you're all apart, and have a sense of that process of co-evolution that we're all contributing to. And knowing that everything you do is so precious, so valuable for our shared future. So thank you, and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakite.
1: So you talked about how those peace traditions are morphing into visions for the future. What's that?
2: Did you say, what does that look like? Yeah. Oh, okay. So for my own people, we're looking at building a whare. Um, We're wanting a place that will potentially, so we could bring our taonga, our Tolka, our artefacts and bring them together um, and display them and tell, share our history um, in a certain space. Um, so we'd like to have build a farm in Te Aumarama, which is where uh, Te Maiharoa, the prophet, Um, created a Māori village there Um, so that's a little thing that Waitahara are doing for Moriori well they've got beautiful kūpinga marae so if anyone wants to go and listen to or experience and engage with Moriori traditions um, I would encourage people to go there and they're doing lots of beautiful stuff over there including re-clothing papatuanuku so maui solomon and his wife susan are doing a lot of regenerative regenerative um, planting of native species over their native trees and then in parihaka um wow that's just um yeah it's that's a whole new kettle of fish so they had their deed of reconciliation um which is a crown apology and along with that crown and iwi are uh, forming um, or supporting Parihaka to to rebuild, really. Um, you know, you have to remember that it was a village of two to 3,000 pan-tribal Māori there, living peacefully and sustainably, um, and their whole lives were ripped apart when they took the men and put them in the prisons down south for doing nothing other than living on their land and tending their land and for the mothers and the children that were ripped apart from, from their loved ones. So there's a lot of healing to be done at Parihaka and it will be done there. And and fabulous iwi leaders in that space.
1: Did the peace tradition survive that ongoing injustice?
2: Do you mean from pare- for Parihaka?
1: Yeah, they, you know, like, Taking the taking the men away and putting them in, in in prisons in Dunedin and having them build harbour walls is, is is not a way to reconcile the community
2: No, no. And and they've got their own stories of what happened in at Parihaka when Tohu and Fiti came back from from prison. Um but what they do have is they have a lot of written material a lot of archive material um waiata, uh, narratives diaries so they've got a lot to draw from and pudako their own narratives um and i think that you you can take away everything from people but at the end of the day if they have that commitment to peace in their heart you can't take that away and and you know, they displayed that when they were invaded and, and the soldiers were greeted by children, singing and dancing. And then the next layer was by women with baskets of bread to manaaki, the soldiers that were invading them. And then they came for the men and the men were unarmed and the soldiers, you know, had guns and cannons and horses. So um, it's that, that spirit, Sam, that, that is enduring.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think we need to do to get that spirit, I love the term peace in your heart, into Mm. modern society? Our our politics is combative. The the media appears to be combative.
2: I actually think that Jacinda's doing a great job. Am I allowed to talk politics? I'm not talking politics. I'm talking about her approach to um not only being a leader of aotearoa of our people but being a leader in the world and that she is kind and she is caring and um she's not afraid to show that um and also how she or what i can see um is that she doesn't keep things from us i'm sure sure there's a level that you know we're not we're not told everything, but I think on the whole she's a very good person and um and transparent um and cares for our community and and she's kind of made it. I saw a t-shirt the other day it's called to be kind and man that that's been missing from politics for a long time, especially from our leaders.
1: It's interesting so, how the be kind message. It's not just a message, but it's proven that it can be the basis for policy.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And it has the ability to transform how we engage with each other, even in a competitive environment. Um, And, you know, if we have that more collective view rather than an individual perspective, um, how we can move mountains, I guess
1: of all of the things that you've seen the societal changes that you've seen in the last 6 months 8 months what do you think is going to stick and perhaps more importantly what do you hope will stick
2: oh i hope that feeling of community you know of of family and i and i really felt that over um lockdown and and i know that my children did too what what's important making time for each other Valuing your community, purchasing, making you know where you can, um, investing in your community, um, and yeah, just celebrating and and spending time together. That's what I want. I hope is sticks, as we have it all here, and, and the beauty in our whenua. You know, you see whānau going out and and exploring our own backyard and taking photos and sharing it and. We really are, we really do live in paradise.
6: Ha Watch to slip away.
1: What do you think we can learn from how we've responded to the pandemic for the longer term, the intergenerational questions, perhaps things like climate change and social justice?
2: Um, well, interesting you ask about climate change because I was in at Parliament Grounds on Monday and there was um, a lady there and they're, they're doing hunger strikes around climate change and we said, why, why are you, you know, obviously it's for climate change, but there was no parliamentarian sitting at that time. And they said, it's the biggest issue and we haven't focused enough on it. And when you look at how we've responded to COVID is, is one, obviously, crisis issue, but climate change is, is huge and affects every single person on the globe. And um, she was saying, you know, we're not doing enough um yeah it's really interesting when we, i i do think about how i um about am i going to go to conferences um and flying places how i how i holiday um all those little things that add to the climate crisis um i think that there's still some communities that need to get their recycling sorted and that seems like it's something that should have been done 10 years ago. Um, But, you know, I live in Wanaka and we don't have any plastic bags and it's just the most beautiful thing to see is that we don't have any um, plastic lying around. So just those small things can make a huge impact in how we live Um, how to solve the world's climate crisis? I'm not sure, but um, I don't think that our countries um, put enough power, time and resources to address it.
1: I think that one of the ways of thinking about climate change or biodiversity is about that it's exploitation, that, that we're exploiting that that resource in fact even calling it a resource is 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 putting it in the frame of being exploited and I think that there is a lot that we can learn from how we've responded to the pandemic mostly about systems that we've considered the the health system the 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 social system um, and essentially the environment because it's an environmental vector as as one so we've put the we this has really shown how it's all connected.
2: Absolutely, and and from a te ao Māori perspective, we would say that, you know, everything is symbiotically connected. Um that and the science is now catching up with that, showing how the trees talk to each other, showing how if you take away harakeke from our waterways that, you know, the soil is leached into the waterways or the um the agriculture is drained into our waterways, polluting it. So yeah, cleaning cleaning up those systems, that's what it is going to take, is that systemic change. Um, but there's a bit of bit of pain in in making people change and that's where that rubber, that's where the crunch is. But I think that the more that we um I don't like to say the word incentivise, but maybe it's education and incentivise and tax or punish um, those that continue to pollute the environment. Maybe it's a three-pronged approach. I love that iwi, are, are, iwi have always been kaitiaki of our whenua, but I love when you see um, organisations having um, iwi members on there and being um, like DOC, so there's iwi DOC um, positions. Um, I love how we are being more integrated into those systems to care for our whenua.
1: Do you have to get angry? Is is there a role for anger?
2: That's such a good question. Um, I think that anger is a natural response at times um it's part of who we are it's part of our continuum of um feelings and emotions um i'm I'm just you know we we don't we like protests but we like peaceful protests and then when we see protests that turn to violence no one wants to see that um but i guess yeah there's just been I'm I'm not an advocate for violence, um, but yeah, what is that space for anger and um, social disruption um, to try and attract? What attracting attention, I guess, of those in power. Things don't change by themselves.
1: Do you have to maintain a? A vision of a, a positive future, even if it's not going well.
2: Uh, absolutely, um, because the more the more of us that focus on the negative, the more negative we're going to get back. So I totally believe in having those positive intentions and aspirations, um, and sending them out to into the environment or creating that mass mass. Um, wider or or, um, spiritual consciousness and and holding on to that beacon of hope for mankind to have a have a future that is prosperous for all
1: do you have to avoid being considered deluded that you're, you're you're dreaming of some utopia that's not possible or is it a good thing to be saying actually there is a positive future and we we we're sticking that as our aspiration
2: um well yeah i mean you can you you might be called a pollyanna but you don't, you don't want to be you know just doom and gloom and expect more doom and gloom i think that we, we are um we are of the light and we are of the darkness and it depends on what we feed as to what we shine a light on
0: I've noticed that social media is feeding the darkness at the moment and it's making me really sad um, all these conspiracy theories and and these ideas that I just struggle to understand because there's no basis for them and and yet they are the ideas are so strong
2: and it's so negative and so hateful and sad yeah I mean. Yeah I I I stay, I stay try and stay away from a lot of the the social media my kids my kids will say that's cuz I'm useless <laughs> with IT um but you know I I am a wee bit of a Pollyanna Sam and Mawera, and I don't usually watch the news um I don't read newspapers or stuff I, I yeah I'm I'm a bit blinkers on and when so I was down in Pio, Pio Tahi when they announced that we were, you know, going into level three or lockdown and it blew my mind because I just wasn't prepared for it. So I think that there's a, a space for me to be a little bit more open minded and, and seeing what's going on so you can be prepared. But there's also a part of me that tries to protect um, my mind from all the negative images that we are bombarded with every day. I
1: have some questions to end with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
2: Oh, last couple of years. I would say getting my youngest to 18 years of age. So I am now the proud mother of five men. Um, So, yeah, that's a, a huge success for me. And I guess in terms of my work or study, it would be, completing my PhD while raising five boys and working full-time and um, coping or, and also serving for my whānau, hapū and iwi.
1: So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you're on the team. What's the superpower that's got you into our mansion?
2: What is the superpower?
1: Yeah, what's your superpower?
2: Oh, what's my superpower? Um, I think that my superpower comes from the whenua. Um, you know, being, descended from La Kauhotu, For being the first people in Te uh, I love this place and space and time. And I would say that that's, that's my superpower
1: do you consider yourself to be an activist
2: yes yes i am um i'm definitely an activist and i ask those tricky questions that people might not like um and i've been like that since i was really little so yes sorry about it but not sorry
1: (laughs) what are you activist for
2: what am i an activist for yeah Oh, um, I'm an activist for Indigenous rights, um, the rights for all people to live as they want to, Um, and I'm also an activist for our environment, Um, especially the Waitaki River is especially important to my people, so we... um, we consistently put in um, submissions around what's happening on the Waitaki and, and the land around that, around
1: her. There's a sign with your name on it, well, your family name on it, just uh, over on the side of the Waitaki.
2: There is. To or Road. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how we got that, that um, signpost, but... Um, my great grandparents are buried down that road Is the Uripa, where there's many of our, our whānau buried there. Um, and Tamayoroa was our power or our great grandfather. And so my link to Tamayoro is through my my mother, Gainor Tomayoroa, and Edueda Tamayoroa. Um, and he came from a farno of 14 people, uh, 12 boys and two girls. So Just mind-blowing that um, people, you know, the size of the families they had in those days. It's Māori, often Catholic, whānau as well.
1: So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
2: I love the work that I do, and I really do. Um, I love helping our people gain the qualifications that recognise the skills and experience that, that they already possess. Um, I love reading research, and um, I guess casting a Maori lens over research applications, um, and and I love my own my own research and working with iwi cohorts. Um, so I think there's something really special in studying with your cousins, with your whānau. And when I first met Maureta, we were in a room, and she said, "You know, this, this is all." This, this is all my cousins here and there's something really special about doing that um working um and learning with your whanau side by side kind of having that collective vision of of a better future.
1: And what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so?
2: Oh um I'm building a little house by the sea down in Warrington so that's that's my challenge and uh Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that.
1: That sounds fun. Lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners?
2: Um, I would say take life, live life each day like it's your last, and take care of the spiritual side of life, and the material side of life will take care of itself.
1: We'll play out to David Grace and Injustice with Rua Kinana.
5: white men. They lived on the moon of too Children of the mist is what they call you O too Hoy To 2 knew it all They lived on the moon of too Children of the mist is what they call you Oh, too, too Hoy
1: We've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We have a contribution today from Tahu Mackenzie. In addition to Tura and this is David Grayson in Justice, we've heard from Tim Finn's Parihaka and the Teaks with Wash Over Me. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyuz Bay Dunedin with Moira Karatai in Vakatani and Kelly T. Maharoa in Wanaka. We hope you enjoyed the show.
5: Wow! Who left is mark on this world?
0: This podcast was produced by OrFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.